This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Brian Robb, I'm Rich Levine. Ryan Bernardoni is back with us today, the third man in our third chair. Uh, guys, as we are recording this, this is Tuesday night. The, the Nets are sort of manhandling the Warriors in the first half of the first game. Who knows what's going to happen in the second half? Uh, Kyrie and KD are lighting it up. But we're not here to talk about the Nets. This is Celtics basketball. The season starts on Wednesday. Uh, and we're here to break it down with some over-unders and some other talk. B-Rob, Ryan, how are you guys doing? Um, okay, but I am here to talk about the Nets. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the I'm, team the Celtics wanted to I be, was misled. Ryan? <laughs> that was the plan. I was misled. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we'll, we'll cover that another day. But I do, I do want to say I actually did go back and watch that the Celtics Nets on Friday because I don't know, I'm a sicko or something like that. Um, whatever you want to say. Um, above all else, you, you, are, you are a sicko. I am a sicko, but that's, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the Nets are going to be really, really good. And not that that's a huge surprise, but um, just rewatching that and seeing like where everything is, where that team is and how deep they are. Um, and again, we're seeing it tonight against the Warriors. It's, uh, I, I think they might just be a straight up favorite in the East by, you know, the end of the next two weeks in terms of the long view. I want to see what happens uh, uh, in March. Let's check in. It's a question uh, of health, right? It's, all, it's, it's a question of health. So, uh, mental and physical. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, Kyrie always gets hurt, right? We, we sort of just, that's part of the package. Um, the, the KD thing is, is interesting. I mean, obviously, if he comes back and is the same player he was, then, um, then they're going to be a problem. But I think a lot of people think about those injuries and they're like, well, if they come back and are at that level again, and it's like, well, the problem is that they're more susceptible to get injured again, <laughs> as right. well as the fact that they might not be as good anymore. It's just like, yeah, I mean, if they stay healthy, then they're going to be really good. That's not, not a surprise to anybody. But um, Kyrie, you know, it always starts well. We'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> In the you middle know, was really good, and in Cleveland too. It's not to say that it can't, but they you know can't win anything. It's just it generally doesn't end well. Yeah, just to transition us into the Celtics and sort of our, I guess we can call this our season preview. Um, and Ryan, you're joining us right after putting your daughter to bed. What do you what do you do for uh, for for story time? Do you, you make up a story yourself? Do you, do you play a story? Do you guys have a series. You read you read a story to her. There there is a selection of books at the end of the bed, and she picks the books that she wants us to read to her. Okay, so here's my question to you. Who is the protagonist of, of this Celtic season? Uh, if you're Jason writing Tatum. the story of this, of this Celtic <laughs> year, who is it about? Is, is it about Jason Tatum? Is it about Danny Ainge? Is it about Brad Stevens? Yeah, it's about Jason Tatum, right? I mean, um, it, but like most seasons are about your best player. I guess not every team. It depends on sort of where you are in, a, in the cycle of building and destroying your, your team. But um, yeah, if this is yet another Jason Tatum season it's a jason tatum franchise it's the jason tatum future it's jason tatum present um i don't you know you think that, you think jason tatum can lead the celtics to a to a championship this season i don't think he will <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility that he could i mean players make leaps and um but they don't all most of them don't uh but it's he has set the benchmark like he's hit the benchmarks that you need to hit in order to have a chance to do that which is the big thing about last year was why a lot of last season was about it too, where I've been sort of harping on it from the beginning of like the benchmark for players who go on to be the best player on a title team 
there are certain statistical ones, but the easiest one is like, if you're all NBA by your third season, then you have a chance. And he was all NBA, third team, all NBA. He probably should have been second team, all NBA in his, in his third season. And so he has a chance that that's not like a hard and fast for like Curry had the injuries early on. It took him until year six or whatever. Giannis came in so young and so raw. It took him until the fourth year. But if you look back at history, like that's a pretty good identifier of like, if you do this, then you have a 20% chance of going on to be the best player on a title team. So it also isn't always for the team that you're on that you start on, right? Like there's a lot <laughs> right. of players who, who do it on their second team or whatever it might be. But um, I don't know. That's, that's what I have been watching for last year. It's what I'm watching for again this year. B Rob's going to jump in and say that is that the protagonist of this season is Time Lord, and I'm not going to be able to disagree. <laughs> with that, right? I was going to say Marcus Smart, um, based on his uh, discussion of his shot selection in the last two days. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in our over unders here in a second. But I think it's I think it's Danny. Who do, who do you really think it is? Because I, I I don't think I, I think I don't think Jason Tatum is surrounded by the players that are going to get him to a title, regardless of how well he plays. I don't think Brad Stevens, regardless of how well he coaches, he could maybe have this team overachieve. I still think this season is about Danny Ainge positioning the Celtics to better have a better chance of winning the title. I think it's the main antagonist. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, What what do you think, Bureau? Yeah, no, I I agree. I think when you look at this team, like Tatum to me is perhaps the the most reliable part of the team, even though the the, the mystery that Ryan talked about in terms of the the greater leap that is still very much in play for him as soon as as this year. Um, I would lean with you, Rich, in terms of you're right, like this is. Can you win a championship? You're like, yes, but in order for that to happen, Danny Ainge needs to make probably two or three moves during the season to, to allow for that. Um, See, I just disagree with that, with that idea. Like, I agree that he may have to make moves, but it's not, they're not going to be the moves that make him the protagonist of the season. Like, unless that he trades for Harden, in which case James Harden, I guess, is the, the protagonist of, of the season. But you can say that Ainge is there. Like, the, the team, there, there are no fringe moves. There's no TPE moves that make this team a title winner unless Jason Tatum is one of the, you know, five best, eight best, but whatever you want to say, players in the world. Like, there's no, who, who do you go out and get that, that makes you a title contender if your best player is the, or your two best players are the, you know, 12th and 18th best players in the league. Like, that, that doesn't happen. That player doesn't exist. So, um, to me, it's, it's still the Tatum show. It's just whether or not Danny will be able to do the things necessary to support him, even if he does reach that level is a valid question. Right. But like, it's still first and foremost, it's a Tatum, you know, Tatum yeah. team. Be Rob, this might be a good opportunity to transition into our first over under of the season. Yes. Yes. Let's go there. Um, points per game, Jason Tatum, the, the, the game, the name of the game here is over under. Um, these are official Vegas lines set by me. Um, in in Waltham, Massachusetts. But uh, we're starting off over under points per game, Jason Tatum, 25.5 points per game. Rich, I, I go to you. What's, what's, we're going to spend roughly three to five minutes on each of these uh, for the sake of timing here. Uh, my first question to you guys, can you name the five Celtics throughout history who have averaged at least 26 points a game this season? Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is one. New Hall of Fame uh, nominee, Paul Pierce. I feel confident he's going to be a Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, not, gonna, not, not, the greatest, say... not the greatest class. No, not the <laughs> like, holy, holy cow. Um, and then... There's some players who are not, not first 
time uh, nominees who are pretty good. But um, yeah, but Bosch and Chance. Yeah, I think I, I'd like to see Chance again. Anyways, he was still so anyway. Um, so Bird. Yep. Two. Most recently, Kyrie. No. Or Who's Tatum. Uh, no, uh, Daniel last year, right? It. Oh, it. Yes. Uh, and then Hondo. Have, Hondo, and then Hondo. Kevin McHale snuck in with a twenty. I was going to. I was going to throw him out there. I was wondering if uh, he made the cut. Um, pretty good company there. Pretty good company. I, I, I think I'm taking the under. It's really good. It's a good. It's a great line set set by you, Rob. You might have a feature in this game. And like you said, a, a three point jump from last season, uh, which would be pretty impressive. We're all expecting him to continue to get better, but I, I think he's going to be right around 24, 25. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think, especially with Kemba out and the, all the attention that he's going to be getting, it's going to be much more difficult to get his shots. And I, again, there's nothing, there's no shame in averaging 24, 25 points a, a game, uh, points a game in the NBA, but I don't think he gets to 26. I know 25 and a half is the, is the line. I'm still going to say under, it might be low 25s. I like uh, when, when B-Rob was trying to set these and you said the, a half point makes a big difference. Like you can't go 25.6. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, by the way, so we're doing round numbers. We're doing uh, oh, nothing, so all the way 26. Round. He has to make it all the way 26. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess I'll, take the under i don't uh it's a weird year so they're probably not going to play there will be games where he doesn't play a ton of minutes whenever they can rest him they're going to rest him um and i think that he's going to have more playmaking responsibility so if he's taking too many shots it may end up i don't know i can you say it's a bad thing with the the talent around him and who he would be passing to probably not um but that still is, is a lot of points you figure he was 25 in the playoffs although his usage was probably high enough where you know, a good month, he, he would have been over 26 with just the shots he was taking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll, whatever, I'll, I'll say under just because <laughs> he's going to, there's going to be days where he plays 25 minutes because you can get an opportunity to rest him for a fourth quarter or whatever. Uh, and they're going to take it more often than they normally would. p Rob, what do you think uh, the sweet, the sweet spot is on, on minutes for, for Tatum this year? Yeah. I, Brian and I talked about that a couple weeks ago and it's going to have to be, I think he's going to have to play 35 minutes a night, um, which would put him, I think, close to the top 10 in the league for minutes per game. And I'm also going over on 25 and a and 0.5 here because have you guys seen the, the, the Celtics bench offense? Like Tatum is going to be taking 23, 24 shots a game. I feel like um, not really, but like many nights he will clear that barrier because um, they're going to need it from him. They're going to need that. And he is going to see a ton of double teams and stuff, but I still think that he's going to find a way to get to the line and hit enough threes where he's going to get, you know, in that neighborhood and get, you know, in the top 10 of the NBA of scores. Okay. That'd be sweet. Um, all right. Let's go to his partner in crime here. Jalen Brown uh, averaged, I believe just under, Actually, I don't have this front. Of you. Hit, what, I think he averaged like 18 or no, he averaged 20 last year. 20.3 last 20. year. 20.3 last year. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go up. The over under here is 21.5 for Jalen Brown. I'll start with uh, Ryan this time. Uh, I mean, I'll take under again, largely for the same reason from a minutes perspective. I think if you, if he plays the same number of minutes that he played last year, then probably over. Uh, because I think what you were just mentioning uh, may impact him more than it does Tatum. Um, just from the starting rotations, we'll sort of see how things go. But like 
he's going to be out there where there's like nobody else who can shoot. And he, unlike at least what we've seen in flashes from, from Jason, isn't really a playmaker. So um, if the ball's in his hands, I'm guessing that the shots are going to be going up. So I, I would take over sort of scaled to similar minutes to last year. Um, but I guess I'll officially take under just again, because I, they're going to be playing back to back all the time. Like they're going to have to cut minutes and cutting minutes is going to cost them wins. I'm not doubting that, but um, they, they don't, I don't think they have a choice. I'm going to go over just sort of on volume and what well, he was, he was uh, 21.8 in the playoffs. I know we saw, I, I think this year, just because they need him to shoot more, I think we're, we're going to see him take more threes, hopefully going to see him get to the line a little bit more, get a, get a few more easy foul shots. Uh, easy points. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think he gets there just because they need him to. And, and for the same reason you said, uh, I think, Ryan, you said that, that you know, Tatum is sometimes going to be shooting up over 20, 20 uh, times a game just because he needs to and because there aren't any other better options. I think that Jalen's going to find himself in that position. Uh, but, and again, this, this is assuming like what happens if Tatum has to miss a few games. Like those are games where Jalen's just going to just give the ball to Jalen, get the hell out of the way. Um, and for, for better or worse, but I think that, that he's going to be in that position and that he's going to get up over 21 and a half. I am going under. Um, Rich, I like your case, but I worry about defenses game planning for Jalen Brownmore this year and him being a third or fourth option that had a lot of on, against weaker defenders last year turns into a clear cut number two with a lot more attention this year without the Tatum level playmaking at this point. So um, I think it'll be close, but it's 21.5 seems a little high to me. Uh, so I just want to throw out there, like obviously I'm factoring in individual playing time there as it was the thing I brought up twice, but I think there are a couple other things to, to think about in terms of that. Like one, the team is just going to score less points, total points, sure. right? They're not going to mm-hmm. be the fourth highest offense. And it's, it'll be interesting to see what the league pace is this year. Uh, because again, that schedule factor, where will teams, will that cause sloppy games where pace sort of keeps up with turnovers and that's pretty efficient offense or will pace slow down as like you just literally players get worn out and they've got wonky lineups out there and they're just trying to like grind games down a little bit, stuff like that. But um, that's some of the other stuff that I'll be looking for is just like how many points are actually scored across the league this year and, and specifically for the Celtics in total because you push all those numbers down and then uh, going up one or two or three points per game is, is pretty tough. Would you say, given just the the personnel on the Celtics right now, that they're better off trying to push that tempo and get out and 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 transition and like you said, so they're not stuck in half court situation where you're maybe counting on Jalen to do some things that he's not as good as. Um, I mean, you're starting Javante. You're starting Javante Green here, so the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> well, any sure. any team that can get transition opportunities for themselves and not for the other team is is doing well, right? It's a question of if you want to lift the pace the entire you know for the entire thing and if the general general thought there is that the more possessions that a game has favors the team that has more talent and that if you want to slow it down and sort of insert variance into the game but yeah I mean if you can get out and run and keep the other team from running great it's just a question of if by in doing that you're letting the other right. team get out as well and I think that's a more difficult question because the Celtics half-court defense is going to be the, the strength of the team I, I believe um, and so you may be better off slowing the game down a little bit more and sort of saying like okay we're going to live on Jason Tatum and eventually Kemba Walker kind of isolation stuff on, on offense and then just try to win on defense on the other end. All right, let's move on to speaking of defense um, or half court defense. This guy is probably going to factor in significantly to that. Um, Tristan Thompson, uh, who is actually just cleared to play 
in the regular season opener after missing uh, most of training camp. Uh, the the over under here is game started, and the over under number is forty. Rich, um, Tristan Thompson is he going to end up being the full time starter, or is that going to stick with Tice? Hmm, it's a tough one. And, and I do, I guess I do like that ultimately that Tice is going to get a chance to hold on to it, right? I think he, I think he deserves that after last season. Um, over under 40. I'm going to, I'm going to say over, you know, I just, I, I don't know, just given the, the fast turnaround, I don't know how confident I am. And I said this last year too, and he did actually uh, survive the season. I don't know if, if Tice has it in him to, to physically get through this, uh, this crazy schedule and off short, short rest. And I think that once Tristan gets in, I think he's going to stick. So I'm gonna, I'll take the over. I'm, I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over as well um, on some of those. Um, factors also it's possible that we have as we talked about a little like Tice might get traded there's some you know you factor that into a certain extent maybe uh, but yeah I agree I think if Thompson takes the starting role he's less likely to lose it than Tice is to lose it from you know his position at the beginning of the season uh, and I would guess that they're not going to do the sort of toggling back and forth all year long they're too similar for it to make sense to just like go like matchup to matchup because what matchup there aren't that many matchups that like super favor one or the other. Um, it's possible they do that a little bit. And in that case, you don't really have to get, you know, 40 isn't, isn't like you're starting the entire year. If part of that year is sort of toggling back. So I'll take the over as well. Um, but not super confident in it. Yeah. I'm going to go under just for the, I think if Thompson played training camp, that would have been a different story. Um, but without building that continuity factor that Tice has, like I think there's a reasonable chance, like if Tice comes out and hits some threes this year in the, the first couple of weeks here, um, you know, it's, it's something where, okay, like he, we know that him and he has a good rapport of, you know, with smart and Tatum. So like, let's just roll that and stick a, you know, a wild card in there like Tremonte Green and then have Thompson, be able to just anchor that bench unit and, you know, run pick and roll with Jeff Teague or whoever else there. So I agree. Like, I mean, Thompson's going to start some games against Embiid and, you know, probably some Western conference bigs, like you said, like, but it's not, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just situational as opposed to uh, a full-time gig eventually. So, so opening night, you know, Tice is going to get the start. Tristan Thompson is, is clear to play. Uh, what's up with Time Lord? What do we see? What do we think? Uh, is yeah, it's so here. Let's be your next one. Over under Robert Williams minutes versus the Bucks on Wednesday night. Um, the over under is eight, and I'm going under. Yeah, I was going to guess eight. Wait, before you said the over under, <laughs> I was going to say it's eight, right? He's going to play eight minutes. Um, and I would say the over because I don't have faith in Thompson being able to play a ton of minutes or Tice being able to play a ton of minutes. So I guess I will take the over, but like, nine <laughs> <laughs> eight and change so he's just he's just not he's, he's gonna have to wait for someone to get injured or i mean i don't know there's not gonna be a lot of pla- practice time where he's gonna be able to earn 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 uh more minutes he's just the odd man out in this in this three-headed uh monster right now i think so until you know i think brass teams will look for him tim for a spark maybe in certain games if if you know thompson or tice come out flat which i'm sure is going to happen um here and there but yeah i mean there wasn't anything he did in the in the preseason that 
if anything, it was just a step back for him. And it's only two games, so you don't want to, you know, judge too much from two preseason games. But, you know, there weren't any real strides made defensively. And honestly, the rim running offensively wasn't, you know, it didn't wasn't as good as it should have been compared to where it was in the bubble. So, I mean, we'll see. He'll probably maybe, he, you know, a few more weeks of just getting his, you know, feet wet and getting fully in shape will help. But um, it was a it was a rough showing for him. Um, in the last week to, to earn minutes against a tough front court competition. It's also a bad matchup for him in general. Right? Yes. It's a team that that protects the rim really well and gives up threes and he's not taking any threes and who's he really going to defend? If he defends Lopez, then they'll take him down as the post. If they go Giannis at center, like you actually can make an argument that like he might be one of the better options if they go Giannis at center. But um, it's not a great matchup for him either. So I don't know if we can make too many judgments off that first game. Um, you're talking but, about the, dis- the discipline that it takes to guard Giannis. That just doesn't seem to be Rob's uh, strength right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if your strategy is to just lay back and give up the shot and, and try to meet him somewhere in the middle, then uh, maybe you, you know, bait him into a, a couple of bad decisions or something like that. But there, there's not a lot of great options for the Celtics for guarding Giannis at the moment anyway. <laughs> It's, right. They're going to play Ojale a ton, and Sunny's going to do the thing he does where he stays in front of them and doesn't look terrible, but gives up 34 points and scores two, and that's the game. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Um, all right, let's go to another member of the bench, and this will be someone I'm not just interested about for the Bucks team, but just the full season whole. We're going to go minutes per game, Aaron Neesmith, and I'm only going to set it at 12 guys because I don't expect him to have a big role out of the gate. I expect very spot minutes for him early on in the season based on how his preseason went. But the over under is 12 here, Rich. Um, what That's, an over. That's an over for me. I just think they need him. I think, I think that this is a assume- It's not going to take very many injuries for them to, to actually need him to play. Um, and I did, I, I liked what I saw, you know, clearly again, he did, he didn't start off. It seemed in the rotation. We're talking about the first half of that Philly game, but I like what I saw. I like his aggress- aggressiveness on offense. I love his shooting, which is what, you know, that was the, the billing as he came in the best shooter in the draft. And, uh, we didn't get to see enough of him to be able to say that's a hundred percent, but I like the, I like what he does shooting the ball. Uh, I think if you can do that in today's NBA, there, there are going to be minutes for you, especially on a team like this. So, I mean, you look at like last year, uh, we just talked about Shemi. Uh, Shemi Ojale averaged 14.7 uh, minutes a game uh, in 69 games. So I, I would like to think that that Smith is going to be up over 12. So I'm going to say over. It's got to be over. It, it has to be over. <laughs> if it's not over, then it's like people, I don't know. It, they need to then play it's over. more than that. <laughs> nobody... Over. There's nobody who can shoot. Um, if if Thompson were not available and they needed to sort of keep Grant Williams' minutes open to play center, I would say that they should start him tomorrow uh, or today whenever people are listening to this. Um, and it's not like he had some amazing preseason. It's just like the other options are, are not good. And, yeah, obviously, as Rich, as you said, Semi played – enough minutes where if you just sort of flip those minutes, then you get over 12. But also I think Grant Williams played 15 or 16 a game. I guess yeah. my only question in this is, is a DNP zero and part of the average or because there will also <laughs> be games where he just randomly gets right. DNP because, you know, two days before he missed a defensive rotation and, you know, it became a thing. I, I don't know, but. Um, I, I, in garbage time here too, where he got to play more than two minutes, minutes or three minutes early in the year. Yeah. 
I mean, I agree with you guys. This this it's very bad news if this is not over for a variety of reasons. Um, but yeah, just in the from the standpoint of the shooting is going to be needed, and I don't know. I feel like it's a situation where I think they're going to start the year with Javante and Tice in the starting five. But then if you do make that move to Thompson in the middle there, I think at that point playing Thompson and green with the starters is like from a spacing standpoint is, is not, 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 not good at all. And so that's when you want to look at Neesmith as potentially, if he's ready jumping in for green in that spot, you know, having some growing pains, but still, you know, providing the spacing that that group will probably need. So I'll just say quick that when I say that it matters that Thompson is available, I think the fifth starter should be Grant, not Javante mm. on opening night. Honestly, if they needed to hold Grant to play center, I would say that they should start Neesmith. It may right. be that they start Javante anyway, but I, that's what I would do. Yeah. Real quick, who are you guys starting fives if, if, when Kemba is healthy, if Kemba is healthy, assuming Kemba plays another game this season? Um, yeah, I, I think I like Kemba, Brown, Tatum, Grant Thompson, I think. Um, That's me too. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. Um, I, I think they would start smart instead of Grant either way is fine. I hope if, not. if smart's fine coming up the bench still, then, then I don't care. But, um, if he cares at this point in his career now, then I would just start him. I don't really care who starts as much. Obviously, I was just talking about it, but like, I think it's, it's going to be smart who's going to close. So does it? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's playing thirty-two minutes a night, no matter what. Anyway, so uh, just a matter how they, we'll see what you know. Depending on how Teague looks like in a bigger role, we'll see, you know, how badly smart or anyone else is needed with that to run the show off the bench. Um, speaking of Marcus Smart, speaking of Marcus Smart, uh, shot attempts for this season per game. The over-under is 12 and a half, Ryan. Under? I am, maybe that's hopeful. Uh, his best offensive season is when he took less shots two seasons ago. Um, so I'm hoping under. I know he made the comment about shot selection. And the first thing that went through my mind is that mean that he's selecting to shoot more or selecting <laughs> to shoot. I don't know what that exactly means. Um, that he's looking to take good shots. Uh, I think it should. I think it will end up being under. Uh, I hope it's under, but I don't know. It could be wildly anything. It could be, you could tell me he's taking 16 shots a night and I'd be like, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the under. I, I just think the fact that they're, that they're talking about it, that, you know, Brad talked about it, that Marcus talked about it going into the season. And of course, it's easy to talk about things, you know, before things start and then you get into the game and, and, and Marcus's juices start flowing and, and who knows, you know, but I, I just think that he is going to make, I think this team is going to make a concerted effort to to limit his attempts because like you said some of his best games even even last year in the playoffs the games where he did not shoot as much the celtics just seemed to play better the, the things the things just work a little bit better and there's so many other things and again he's not the marcus smart that he was when he came in where you can talk about him as a horrible shooter and knock him as that being a big hole in his game like the guy can shoot but he just should not shoot as much as he was shooting in the bubble last year, regardless of whether or not Kemba is on the floor. Uh, we need to see fewer Marcus Smart shots uh, and sharts for that matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, let's just speak that into existence with it with a nice under. I think uh, I don't know if you guys are under, and I think all you have to do here is you you if you're the coaching staff, you just go to Smart and you say, all right, when you took 13 or more shots last year, 
we went eight and 12 and two and six in the playoffs. And um, none of us were in that locker room in Miami after game two. Um, but I have a oh, pretty, the fighting. Yeah. the fighting, I have a pretty good guess is that a big part of why that happened was smart shot selection in that series. Um, so from uh, just a success standpoint, from a, a team chemistry standpoint, um, you know, and I think it's just going to come down to self-discipline for smart. Like teams are going to be begging for him to take over 12 and a half shots a game. They're going to be <laughs> giving him 20 open shots a game. And so it's up to him to, to know which ones, you know, are good um, are the ones that he should take and ones that, you know, to make an extra pass or two before you take. Um, and then you get that what was an open shot becomes a wide, wide open shot maybe later in the game. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, we talked about that with some other teams. Like, I remember last year in the playoffs, like, you know, and I'm not necessarily com- comparing Marcus Smart shooting to Joel Embiid shooting, but, like, when Embiid would shoot his threes, that felt like a win. Whether or not it went in, it felt like a win for the Celtics. And I think for some of these, some of these other coaches, some of these other teams, when, the, when you got Tatum out there, when you got Jalen Brown out there, and you have Marcus Smart shooting, that feels like a victory. Maybe not so much when you also have Ojale and Javante out there this year. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll see. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to go all-stars from the Celtics. Over oh, Rich, under. Is on a, Rich is on the clock here, right? So do we need to jump to the yeah, – I'm, so, I'm, I'm going to miss the chance to, to hector you about your, your uh, thoughts on the TPE from, from the last episode, which made, made me angry. Do we need to well, jump I'll, to, I'll, I'll to, say, to win total and, and playoffs? Yeah. Well, let's, say, let's say real quick, J- Jalen Brown is going to be an all-star this year. Jalen Brown, say okay, that. so it's an over um, – Under I'm for gonna, me. Under for me. So we got – we got Jalen all-star vote from Rich. So that's a pretty – we talked about Jalen already, so that's a pretty um, clear-cut discussion. So let's go to in-season trades, some of the juicy stuff here. Over, under – Oh, actually, beer up, beer up, real quick before we do that. Can I just tell everyone that the NFL football continues this week? Uh, we'll have to skip Ryan's take on, on sports betting as well for, until the next, uh, next episode. Because <laughs> you have to drop doesn't mean I have to drop. <laughs> <laughs> NFL football continues on this week. Uh, there's a few surprises with teams at the top of the standings. The Buffalo Bills were looking at you. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change how play, or the players play, Bet online is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to Bet online today. Take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, you got it in. In-season trades, one and a half is the over/under. Keep in mind, Danny Ainge. And his front office has made one in-season trade in the last four seasons. And that was Jabari Bird. And, that's, is that and now the Jabari Bird salary dump. Yeah, it better be over. It better be over. Um, I guess we got to go quick because, like I said, I know there's a, a clock. On yeah. This, so, but... so, 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 who, who, are, who, are, who are they getting? Who are they trading in these two trades? Like, who, who, who's, who's like Tice? Like you said, that he's a he's a prime candidate. Romeo, Time Lord. Who, who are the guys most likely to go in these these potential trades? Yeah, Edwards. Think, well, so that's the thing. You may get a you may get a, just a, a trade where they just dump somebody. Um, if if we're counting Jabari Bird, then I guess we're counting those. They may <laughs> sure. just spend you know send, send somebody cash to to take. There's a couple of teams right now that have an open roster spot and a trade exception or something like that. So they may just one of those dump somebody. But the the fact of the matter is they need to use part of the TPE this year. There's this like fantasy idea that you that people can come up with about how it will have like some value at the 
at, at the draft next year or at the beginning of free agency. And it's like just the way that their position in comparison to the salary cap next year is it's not, it is unlikely to be all that valuable as a large trade exception next year. And so you can trade for guys next year that you're taking it, right. You can go and be like, Oh, next year we're going to get Harrison Barnes at the, you know, at the draft or something like that. But like, that's, that means you wasted this year, right? Like go and get guys this year who can help the team this year and who will then have some amount of, if not value, a tradable contract down the line, as opposed to having it all in like this idea of like, they're not gonna be able to use it for a sign and trade next year. They can't be hard capped with Tatum's extension. There's like just a limitation on what you can really like realistically use it for next year. There aren't gonna be teams trying to dump salary next year now because there's no free agents left. They all sign extensions. Like right. they need to use it this year for something that gets them up close to the luxury tax, but probably not over. And that could be that a couple of players go out, which is why I think it's more than one trade that has to be, that gets you there. But like they need to make changes to improve the team for now and for next off season. And the, the way to do it is to use the trade exception this year. Do you agree, B-Rob, right? Yeah, I'm an over. One, one trade is a salary dump or a player dump. And then one trade actually helps you um, in terms of on-court performance and uses at least a good chunk of the, the TV to Ryan's point. Because, yeah, he knows it. Like, you can't – gambling and wait, the waiting game with the TP is going to be a very risky one because there really might not be anything that appealing um, come next offseason to do with it. Okay, you guys convinced me. I'll go over. Like it. All right, let's go to regular season wins for the Celtics. The over-under is 44-and-a-half, remembering that number. You know, it's 72 regular season games, so that's the equivalent, I think, of, like, roughly, what, 51 wins on a normal season? Um, yeah, it's, it's like it's – like I think, if my math is correct, like a 62.5 winning percentage, 0. 0.625. Last okay. year, they were 6.67, they were six, six, seven, so a little worse than last year. Okay. Uh, and, that, and that's why, for me, it's the under, because I think that the East is better than, than it was last year. Uh, the Celtics are worse than they were last year. Um, and that adds up to just, just fewer wins, a worse winning percentage. So I'm going to go under. Yeah, it, it is 50 and a half basically is, is what that is in terms of 82 game. Um, I will also go under for the reasons that Rich just said. And also I think that the entire league sort of pulls back towards 500 this year because of the weird schedule, because of players, injuries and illnesses and, and all those sorts of factors that we just don't know enough about. We'll sort of pull everybody, you know, pull the ends in a little bit. And so I will also go under. This just feels like a very easy under um, period. I mean, just, I mean, I know Brad Stevens has a, a history of overachieving with these um, with less talent, but this, again, when you look at chemistry situation, you know, pre like when you look at what this team has and the leaps certain guys have to make to even like get to this number. And then you take out, you know, the, the 10 games that they're eliminating from the schedule are coming, taking away from like East teams. So you're still playing the Western conference 30 times, which is not ideal. So, I mean, I think that drags it down too. So, um, sure. That's my best. That much better than the East this year. I don't even know that, but anyway, I I agree with you on all these points. It's just, like I said, I think everything pulls a little bit towards 500 this year across the league and the Celtics will be part of that. And also there are other reasons why they're probably going to be a little bit worse. So I agree. It does seem like an easy under, which of course means they'll be over. Right. They'll be That's 47. Sports, but, yeah. It was that, was that one, the, the, the official or is it, was that, did you set that? That's official. That's bet online. Uh, AJ official, um, 44 and a half. Might need uh, to jump on that one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, the I know it's I, a pandemic, Ryan, but I might, uh, <laughs> don't bet on I sports. Might still do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Last one on here. 
is the playoff rounds for the Celtics over under two and a half. Um, Ryan, or actually Rich, you lead this off. I mean, we, we, we've already talked about easy unders. Could it be one and a half? What's, what, would that make it? I mean, it's, it's crazy. You look, you, you look at the, at the East now, and we're just talking about how much better they are. The, the East is than last year. You've got six teams, the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Raptors. Two of those teams aren't getting out of the first round this year. That's correct. Um, and I, I'm not very confident that, that the Celtics can avoid their fate as being knocked out in the first round. And I know, again, that's now you have Jason Tatum, right? And you're hoping that maybe that Kemba is – is able to play at that point. Uh, we don't know how we're hoping that kept that Tatum will even be a little bit better. So maybe some of these matchups you might go in and say, okay, we have the Celtics have the best player in the series, but if they, even if they can get out of the first round, I don't feel great about them getting out of that second round. So I'm going to, I'm going to go under. Yeah. If their top three are healthy come playoffs, I'm relatively confident they'll win one round, uh, but I'm not going over two and a half by any means. So what? yeah, under, <laughs> Yes, and I think it's it's an easy under for me as well for that reason. I mean, there there are moves during the season that could change my tune as well as like you said, like the the, the Tatum you know leap factor. If he becomes a top five player, then that and he is going to be the best player in most series that they play in from that standpoint. Assuming they you know would avoid the Nets, um, then or end the Bucks obviously in the early rounds, that would be a different story. But the way this is going. Um, I think under seems like a bet with this current group. I will tell right, we... very quickly, 538 has the Celtics the second favorite to win the title. So that, that, not everybody that shocked me. That, that shocked it me. It very yeah. much believes in Kemba, and it does not believe in, that Durant will come back to be anything close to what he has been before, which is largely what's driving it. Um, did you see the, the – just to, to wrap this up, you're up. Did you see the spread on opening night, Bucks celtics Was it three and a half Bucks? Three, but uh, Bucks vary by three and a half. I thought it was going to be like six or seven. Yeah, but, uh, that makes me think that the Celtics might have a chance. I mean, we'll see. That they'll certainly have the wake up call after what the Nets did to them in a preseason game. I know that preseason is a preseason, but that was um, uh, a shellacking that they just didn't experience at all last year. They didn't get blown out in a game period last year, essentially. So um, they're going to win game one because it's sports, and yeah. that's how sports sports. Right. But we need we need sports. to do some research into just undoing whatever hex Kyrie put on the on the garden, on the parquet, the sage. Yeah, I, I don't know what we need to do to reverse that. You might need to sneak down there, be Robin, like I don't know, cut off a chicken's head or something. You do what you do with sage, and that's you make stuffing. <laughs> um, um, cool. I'm pretty All sure right. if I I'll get like shot a tranquilizer if I try to go on the floor this year. So that we're gonna have <laughs> sure. to, uh, a different plan for that, but um. Well, season's back. This season's is fun. back. Good job going through these. Um, hit us up at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter, and we should be back later this week in some form. Um, you know, to to react to these opening games. And um, in the meantime, happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe, and uh, we will talk to you guys in the next few days.